I always say yes. That's one thing that's important in life, Ian. It's like one thing leads to the other and opportunities appear when you know what you want. You know, how is the universe going to know what to serve you if it doesn't know what you're looking for? My mother was 16 when I was born and she was going to give me up for, adop for adoption. And my grandfather was an old man, but he took me home. He just, he, even though, I mean, he was, he was 70 when I was, oh, he was 75 when I was born. They are away from home. They are away from the people that they know. And you are this person who they can unload on. They trust you and they tell you the wildest stories, you know, the most amazing stories. It is important what is in our subconscious mind, you know, what beliefs have been stored there. There may be stuff from the past when we were children that needs to go. Our thoughts become our reality. Fuel your dreams, ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home here at Fearless Inspiration. They don't come to Europe because they want to come and annoy us. They come because somebody bumped the hell out of their house, for example. I also believe that it really doesn't matter where somebody comes from. It's what's inside somebody. The color and the shape of the eyes or whatever you want to call it is totally unimportant. And I think there is the same amount of good people anywhere in the world. Like, for example, when you go somewhere and you see that somebody is alone at the conference or somewhere, include them. When you have a roof over your head, running water, electricity, food in your fridge, and a little money in your bank account, you are part of 8% of the world population. So, you know, that's in comparison, you, you realize how well you really are. And today's guest is Elizabeth villager Tufexis, author of The Soul Kit, First Aid for the Soul, and a travel addict who has visited over 100 countries in her career as a tour guide and now hosts her own travel podcast called Most Memorable Journeys. Hello, Elizabeth. Thanks ever so much for coming. Where are you calling from today? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Ian. I am delighted to be on your show. And I am in Cyprus, where it's still about, I don't know, 40 degrees. So I'm, I'm still battling with my summer. Cool, cool. That, that's nice. The opening icebreaker question is... Is there something that's just a passion, something that drips out of you, you're both good at and love doing, that you could tell us about? It's talking. I just, <laughs> I just love to talk. It's been, I, I have been talking all my life. I started talking, speaking, let's say it a bit nicer. I was a tour guide since I'm 19 and a half. And that's when I started becoming a public speaker, even if it was just in front of small groups. And I love people. I just love to talk to people and I love to include people. I don't want people to feel bad around me. So, um, yeah, I think my strength is, I would, I would like to say my, my strength is kindness. Beautiful. And including people, that is beautiful too. Thank you for that. So I've got a little bit more about your background, but just to get us straight in there with the inspiration, uh, could you tell me a person who was one of your biggest inspirations in life and why? Mm, okay. I don't know how much you know about my beginnings because I had a bit of a tough start. Um, there may be, it may be my grandfather because my mother was 16 when I was born and she was going to give me up for, adop for adoption. Yes. And my grandfather was an old man, but he took me home. He just, even though, I mean, he was, he was 70 when I was, oh, he was 75 when I was born. And so, um, yeah, that really is one of my inspirations, even though I don't, I never really knew him well, because he died when I was 10. So 
all the years that I remember what he was mostly sick, but he it just as a, as a person who, after having had five children, decided not to let go of this child and to to bring me home. That's definitely somebody who inspired me. That's beautiful, really beautiful. What was his name? Albert. Albert, Albert. So yes. thank you, Albert, for that. Yeah, like you said, you, you had a, a difficult start in life and sadly you were bullied at school in Switzerland where you were born. But this avid travel bug that you had uh, encouraged you to, to save up when you were still at school so that you could make your first trip to London. And then you trained to become a tour guide. You can now speak six languages. Then you became a conference interpreter. And then you've also been a NLP practitioner and hypnotherapist and now author and podcaster. So that sounds an amazing journey. And I didn't mention the book there. Yeah, your, your Soul Kit book. So can you tell us a bit more about what has inspired you along that journey? Well, it's kind of, you know, the one thing more or less leads to the other. I don't know really if it was my wish to be to, to see the world or if I, I was actually planning my escape more. I didn't like where I grew up. I did not like being bullied. I didn't like the small village because it was a small village in Switzerland where everybody knew what everybody ate for lunch, you know, the kind of... Uh, so I was an outsider. I wasn't included. I didn't have any parents. Uh, my grand, grandfather had died and I did not like it, but I was feisty. And that's why I started working. I started working. I cleaned hotel rooms and I cleared tables in a ski lodge and I just did all these things because I needed language lessons and I needed to I knew that I needed to learn all these languages to become a tour guide and we're talking about the beginning of the 80s it's not like now where there is an EU and you can go and work wherever you want you needed the only really two uh, easy ways to go abroad was to become a flight attendant or a tour guide so that's how the first thing started. And of course, once I started traveling, I was absolutely hooked. I love traveling. I love the world. I love planes. I love airports and anything around about it. And I love, again, coming back, I love people, any kind of people, because, you know, I also believe that it really doesn't matter where somebody comes from. It's what's inside somebody, the color and the shape of the eyes or whatever you want to call it is totally unimportant. And I think there is the same amount of good people anywhere in the world. And there is so many more good people in the world than bad, but we only talk about the bad ones. Yeah. You know, nobody says that there's this, there's a good person in, in, in this, this place. It's, it's The news is about people who've done something bad, mostly. So that was my tour guiding years, 11 years. I worked all over the world. And of course, in between the working, I also traveled. And, you know, then during the time that I was a tour guide, I met my husband. I met here in Cyprus. That's why I'm here in Cyprus. And then I got married and I moved to Cyprus. I've been living in Cyprus since 1994. And I had two kids where, because I was already 35 when I had my first child. So I, I had them very short one after the other. And then I was stuck. That was like, you know, suddenly after all this glamorous high life, you know, I suddenly had two small children, which um, brought me down to earth a little bit. And of course, I wanted to absolutely make sure that my kids also love to travel. As soon as they were old enough, I started traveling with them. And then the, the interpreting, 
you know, I'm not a trained interpreter. I am. I just speak languages. But I started getting contacted by the local police here, by the Cyprus police, because I speak very good Greek and I speak German, French and English. So whenever they had somebody at the station and they had arrested somebody or somebody who wanted to report, they called me. So that's how it started. I started going to the station to translate uh, statements. Then I was given, they were started giving me European arrest warrants. And then one day I met this guy at the station who said to me, um, he said, I'm going to conferences once or twice a year and I always take an interpreter with me. Would you be interested in that? And I always say yes. That's one thing that's important in life, Ian. And I think I have that in common with, is it Richard Brandon? Say yes and then figure it out afterwards. Wow, that's because. Beautiful. I thought this guy is never going to call me. I mean, that's about 16 years ago. I was younger then. And, you know, so I thought he was just flirting with me. And about two weeks later, I got a phone call from his secretary asking me if I could go to Poland to a conference. And I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because I spoke Greek well, but I did not. I had never worked as an, as an interpreter at the conference. Yes. But I, w- I went. And it went well. And that was the start. I started going at the beginning two or three times a year. And then in the last three and a half years, until 2019, one of the people from here, one of the Cypriot police uh, officers became the president of the European Police Association. So I was his personal interpreter and we traveled every other week. And uh, it was a wonderful time. I met lots of presidents and interior minister, not usually ministers of defense or ministers of security or the president of Malta. I don't remember his name. I, I met Lech Wales. I don't know if you know who Lech Wales is. He was a president. And yeah, so it was great, great fun. And that's why, I mean, the quest, and now how that, that led to my book, because I was traveling so much and I was spending so much time on planes and in airports that I needed to spend, use this time. So I wrote a book during the travel. That's a good idea. Travel so much that you have time to create books and things like that. Well, you're living my dream life. <laughs> <laughs> well, just do it. Just do it. I mean, I think once you get to, you know, it's like one thing leads to the other and opportunities appear when you know what you want. Yes. You know, how is the universe going to know what to serve you if it doesn't know what you're looking for? Yes, that's a very good point. So staying on that bit of travel journey, is there one or two places that are, you've been to more than 100 countries? Are there any that stand out? I don't know. That's such a, you know, I ask this question to my the people that I interview. And I think, I don't think anybody, there are a few people who really have a favorite country. I don't. Yeah. I love, I'm originally from Switzerland. I love Switzerland. I love Switzerland because it's my home and it's a beautiful country. But then there are so many other countries that I love. I love the US. I did a lot of round trip in the in the United States. And you know, the, it, the United States of America are so diverse when you look at the East Coast and the West Coast and the Rocky Mountains and the desert. And I understand that, you know, sometimes we say that the Americans are ignorant and some of them don't even have a passport. But they don't really need a passport because they have such a big, beautiful country that they can travel all their lives. You know what I mean? So, um, but then again, I love Asia. So, no, I don't have a favorite country. Don't worry. I've made notes of today's top 10 hits of inspiration. Hang on to the end to hear the summary. Yes, that's fine. And in terms of those thousands of people that you've had deep connections with as a tour guide or whatever else, is there any 
one or two of those that I know you, you discuss some of these stories in your podcast, but is there any that spring to mind now that you can mention? Oh, God, yes. There were, <laughs> I had lots of funny people. You know, it's an interesting relationship that you have with these people because they are away from home. They are away from the people that they know. And you are this person who they can unload on because the tour guide doesn't know any of the people that they may have problems with at home. So they trust you and they tell you the wildest stories, you know, the most amazing stories that they want. And that's why, I mean, that's that's exactly why I became a, a life coach, because the only thing that I needed when I did my life coach training was tools, because I already was a life coach, coach during my travels. I had people who blamed me I had a lady who blamed me for an earthquake. I was, we were in Los Angeles and there was an earthquake and she, she hadn't liked me throughout the trip already. So um, she sent a complaint at the end about me and she said that I was this and that. And at the end, I had the audacity to lead her into an earthquake. Wow. So, or, or, <laughs> you know, that's why I'm fascinated by people because, and when you travel with people, which is a little bit more, you know, they're outside their comfort zone. It's, it's interesting to watch. But I'd never thought of that as being such a, an opening for people when they're away from home and then they find a trusted kind of tour guide. Yeah, it'd be amazing to somehow recreate that environment for people, even without them having to travel somehow. So yeah, you've, you've planted a seed there. Thank you for that. Have you had a time when you were challenged or at a low ebb when either someone else or yourself have inspired yourself through? Oh God, yes. I think we all have that. You know, I always come across people who know me from social media. I come across as this happy person who is always positive. And I've got my days when I feel low and sometimes you don't sleep well or something happens. You know, I'm the one who preaches that it doesn't matter what happens. It always depends on how you react to it. But I don't always react well. You hear that somebody said something about you. And you give this person so much attention. This person doesn't deserve your attention, but I guess sometimes it's, a, it's just human to do it. And then you have to snap back and you have to say, tell yourself, no, 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 don't do it. You know, what other people think of you is their problem anyway. That's not my problem, but it's not as easy as it sounds. We all need a reality check sometimes. And I think you know, how would you enjoy the ups? How you do? How would you enjoy the, the highs if you didn't have any lows? It's a good point. Yes, the two main things are, yeah, realize the two sides of the coin you're saying, but also to realize that everybody else is, you know, is part of being human. Don't make it a big deal, you know, try, you're all in the same boat. Yeah, they're two good points. Thank you. Yeah, you know, people, you see what people, like, I don't know you, I've, I've only met you online, and I, or you don't know me, we were talking here, but you've seen what I post, yes. and you see what other people post, and you think, oh my God, these people have a perfect life. You have no idea what kind of life these people have, because they're not going to post when they can't pay a bill, or they're not going to post the good stuff. So, you know, we always have to take these things with a pinch of salt. Yes. Now, I love inspiring events that somehow spontaneously bring people together and just make them feel like they're on the same team. And I read somewhere that, yeah, throughout all your travels, you, you realize, you know, everybody's the same inside. And you mentioned that, that just then. But is there an inspiring event or something that you can think of that brought people together and dissolved barriers? There have been lots. I mean, inspiring events that brought people together, I 
I was a, I did my master coach training in Dubai. I did all my coaching training in Dubai with a fantastic trainer. And uh, we were about, I don't think we were about 45 people from 23 different countries, two weeks in a room. And that was my most amazing experience when it comes to bringing people together, because these people were all on the same page. They were all breaking through their barriers. And we actually broke that board. I don't know if you've seen that before. When you actually break through a wooden board. You like the Tony Robbins thing, yeah. yeah. It's a, I think, I don't know if it's, is it a Tony Robbins? Well, he, Probably. He, I saw it on that, yeah, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he invented it. Somebody started it and we did that. And um, this was, uh, it's already, what, six, seven years ago, but we are, we're in touch. We have a, a WhatsApp group and we regularly speak to each other. Right. So, yeah, it was that shared kind of purpose. Yeah that brought you together and then of course it's also what i do now i'm the director of the global woman club cyprus and new york and uh, bringing women together i mean empowering women that is uh, is, is something that, that i love you know because people say often say you know that women could be a little bitchy and they are envious of each other and i don't want that to be true i don't think this is true i think we can be just as empowering with each other as men can Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about this, the Global Women's Organization? The Global Women Club is a, is a platform for women all over the world. We have clubs, about 20 clubs all over the world. The founder is on social media. She's an amazing, very, very active lady who is passionate about empowering women. Her motto or the motto of the Global Women Club is, if you want to empower a woman, give her a microphone. And we do at our meetings, at our live meetings, we do, every member gets to speak into the microphone for two minutes. Yes. And on the Zoom meeting, everybody gets to speak as well. So it's it's practicing public speaking. It's about networking. It's about meeting each other, starting corporations. And during COVID, when we suddenly couldn't have our live meetings anymore, everything went online. And I went to all these, I attended the Global Woman Club meeting in Los Angeles, and I, intend, I attended the Global Woman Club meeting Manila. In this year and a half, I made so many friends, which I have never actually met, but I feel that I'm close. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank you for that. So for people who may have a, a bit of low self-belief and forgotten how amazing they are, forgotten how to wave their flag, is there anything you can add for those guys to inspire them? One of my sort of recipes for feeling low is practicing gratitude. Yes. Because... You know, when you when you like wake up in the morning and you don't feel so good, let that kick in and, you know, be grateful that you're alive. Be grateful that you have a bed to sleep in. Be grateful that you have running water. There is a thing about when you have a roof over your head, running water, electricity, food in your fridge and a little money in your bank account, you are part of 8% of the world population. So, you know, that's in comparison, you, you realize how well you really are, because when you start practicing gratitude, your brain starts your amygdala in your brain starts releasing uh, serotonin, which immediately makes you feel better. So when you are a little depressed and you start practicing gratitude or, you know, I think it's important that you find your own thing, the thing that you like. Sometimes you just play a song and dance because moving produces serotonin. My favorite is a double dose of serotonin. That's a gratitude walk. You walk and at the same time, you look at the tree and you thank for the tree and the oxygen that it gives you or the path that you're walking on. There's so much to be grateful for. And 
when I speak to my clients sometimes and I tell them to practice gratitude, they, they tell me, well, of course I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything. But, you know, there's a difference between just being grateful and actually writing it down or really mindfully doing it. And also understanding what, you know, we are 95% of everything we do is driven by the subconscious mind. Everything is automated. Like while I'm talking to you here, I'm moving my hands. You know, when, we, when you learn how to drive the first time, you, you are aware of every single thing you do, but then it becomes automated. And while you're driving, you talk to somebody or you think of something else. So it is important what is in our subconscious mind, you know, what beliefs have been stored there. There may be stuff from the past when we were children that needs to go. Yes. And uh, mindfulness is not just some new age uh, word. It's really important that we are more mindful of what we think mm. because our thoughts become our reality. Yes. And you explain it beautifully. What you think about, you bring about. What you think about, you bring about. Yeah. That's the, the best catch line. I've, you know, I've read the same concepts, but not one that rolls off the tongue so easily. I like that one. It's not mine. I don't know where I heard it, but I haven't invented it. <laughs> Your book, The Soul Kit, I imagine, you know, be a real help for people who may be low on self-belief. And I think it's in three sections, isn't it? Firstly, looking what it's like to be human. And then secondly, looking at yeah, these things you mentioned, the past beliefs we may, may be holding, and then tactics for moving forward. Is there anything else you want to add about your book while we're on, on this? Yeah, that's more, I mean, you've explained it very well. It's like basically finding out where am I, and then like go to section three, where do I want to go? But then section two is what do I need to do to get rid of all those limiting beliefs and all those, all that shit, sorry for the word, that may be stopping us from getting where we are, because, you know, there are so many things that we don't know about that are in our head that could easily be, no, sometimes you can even do that yourself, or you can do it with a coach. And this is another thing that's so important. Asking for help is a sign of strength. It's not a sign of weakness. You know, sometimes you just need a little session with somebody or, um, you know, there is so much available on the internet. In my opinion, there is no more excuse for not becoming more developed because it's all there. You just have to go and find it. You just have to do the work, basically, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, but well, this is the thing, you see. You can pay any amount to any mentor or any coach in the world. They're not going to do it for you. You still have to do it yourself. So mm. um, it's about doing the work because knowing what you need to do and not doing it is basically not knowing. And I can tell you are quite an expert on this and I'm a beginner. Is there a way, can you just somehow explain for a few seconds what actually doing it might look like? Yeah, I obviously know what, you know, reading about a method to deal with your past beliefs might involve or it might look like the concepts, but actually taking on the work yourself. What is there an example of, of that? Not necessarily a personal one, but just how that looks to somebody. Then they can think, oh, right, I'm not doing that. Or, oh, yes, I, I've already been doing that. Yeah, of course. I mean, personally, I use a method called timeline therapy. Okay. That's where you bring the client back. You remove a, ne a negative emotion, a negative, a limiting belief. And basically what you do is I put the client in trance, in a slight trance. And I bring them back to the root cause because you have to find the root cause of the problem. And once you find the root cause, that's where you can start releasing the problem. 
Yes. Because if you don't go from the beginning, and the only part of you that knows the root cause is your subconscious mind, because you don't remember what happened when you were three, four years old. Mm. Some do. We, we remember snippets, but we don't remember everything. And then just to give you an example, when it comes to, for example, weight, lots of people have a problem with their weight. Yes. And um, there were things said to us when we were children, like, for example, if you finish your plate, you're a good girl. There are so many cliche phrases that are wrong. They are wrong. This is the stuff that still makes us do what we do today subconsciously. Mm, right. so, you know, and, and then when you have one, when you actually start identifying one of those beliefs, for example, you're a good girl when you finish your plate. Well, put less food on your plate and you can finish it and you're still a good girl. But you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. No, thank you. That really, really helps. I can at least witness whether, you know, in future I have been doing the development work. It's still on, on, you know, helping people get who've got low self-belief get inspired. I read in one of your notes, you just love activating people's wanderlust. And, you know, just don't regret people, don't regret what you didn't do at the end of your life. It is a, in terms of activating wanderlust, any tips on that if people have got low wanderlust? Well, listen, I don't think that everybody has to love travel as much as I do yeah. because we don't all have to be the same. Maybe I would like to activate something else, but like, for example, people who don't like sports and they are always complaining about not feeling good. Many things that are connected to not being active, like not being able to sleep well, it's because you sit all day or because you eat the wrong food. But coming back to the wanderlust, because that's the question you asked me, I believe that the world is so beautiful. There is so much to see. And there are so many different kinds of people that we need to meet in our lives, which we don't if we don't go anywhere. But I am not saying that everybody has to travel. And I'm not saying that everybody has to travel as much as me. And it's, it's also environment. It's, I personally have come a bit to terms with during COVID, understanding that it's not necessary to go that much. We have to start thinking a little bit more about we don't have to go to I don't know, for a weekend, for three days to Rome, just because we want to go somewhere. Once in a while, we need to think about traveling because it's not, sustain not sustainable anymore for the planet. It's also something. Yes, that's a good point. But what I've never thought about before until now is, of course, the some of the benefits of traveling, you know, such as meeting the people from a different culture and different ways of life. You know, there's maybe more innovative ways we can still do that without having to travel as much you know of course it's still nice to travel sometimes but yeah is there a way we can of course there is you can start being nice for example to political refugees from afghanistan because maybe in afghanistan or in iraq or wherever they came from maybe they were a doctor these people are educated people and they are they don't come to europe because they want to come and annoy us they come because somebody bumped the hell out of their house for example mm. so you know, a little bit more tolerance towards people, that's already a trip. Or when you go to a restaurant of a foreign culture, speak to the people who cook your food. I remember we went, last time I was in New York with my kids, my daughter chose a restaurant in Brooklyn, which was all the people who were working in this restaurant were uh, political refugees. And it was amazing, an amazing experience. Wow. 
I'm so in my head at the minute because this idea, travel without travel. Oh, wow. Yeah, that I'm going to have to sit with a cup of coffee and write some things down from that. That's a good idea. Yeah, thank you. Of course, it's still nicer to travel. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm an avid traveler as well. Yeah. And now it's time for Quickfire Inspiration. So these can be short answers or long answers, whichever. Um, but there's five Quickfire Inspiration questions. Uh, the first one, your most inspiring film? Oh, my God. I'm terrible. I, I'll watch a lot of rubbish. I am not an intellectual when it comes to these things. No, I don't know. to be intellectual. My favorite film. Ah, you know which one? The Book Club. The Book Club. Okay. The Book Club. Yes. It's with Chains. You know, have you seen it? No. Andy Garcia, Chain Fonda. You have to. And there is some scenes in there which I love. Andy Garcia has a small plane. And anyway, watch it. It's good. <laughs> Thank you. The most inspiring aspect of nature? The sea. I love watching the sea. I have my, the sea is five minutes away from here. And I sometimes, you know, when I'm not, when I'm feeling a little low, I just go and look at the sea or I go and watch the sunrise over the sea. Wow. That me, yeah, I, I think I agree. The sea, I'm just yeah. in awe of. Or you can just throw your worries in the sea, you know, put them on a, pick a visualize it, put, write them on a stone and throw it in the sea or we, tell the waves, tell, tell the waves your worries and ask them to take them away and bring back the solution. Wow. Thank you. Then your most inspiring aspect of design or style? Oh, God. Again, I like simple styles. My house is very, well, I'm not very house proud. It's very basic because the less stuff you have, the less dust you have. And you're in a country like Cyprus where it doesn't rain for six, seven months. It's a very dusty country. So simple stuff, straight lines, that's more or less. But then... You know, having said that, I love the Orient with all the arches and, and whatever. So, again, no clear answer. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Your most inspiring song, you know, what do you sing before you, you go out? One of my favorite songs is a Spanish song by Cecilia Cruz. It's called La Vida es un Carnival. Life is a carnival. I can't wait to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song. I've not heard of it yet. So, uh, yeah. And finally, well, <laughs> maybe you've already answered this because you're the first guest we've had with this background. But the last one is usually, what is your most inspiring aspect of travel? So maybe could I, I'll narrow it down. What is your most inspiring mode of travel? Maybe you've traveled on lots of different means of travel. Do you have a most inspiring, you know, you said you love the smell of the gasoline at the air, <laughs> airport. You know, is there anything else you can add? Yes, it's the second phrase. I love the sound of the champagne cork pop in business class. I love upgrades. When I was a tour guide, we always got upgraded. And when I stopped being a tour guide and I started paying for my ticket, I was in for a surprise because suddenly I was traveling coach. And one of, my, one of the reasons why I do, not one of the reasons, I love my podcast, my most memorable journeys, but I am hoping to get upgraded again because I'm a travel podcaster. Oh, wow. That's good. I'm giving you ideas. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting close to the end now. But for someone who struggles and they get over-inspired and struggles to stay grounded, anything on keeping a balance between being inspired and being grounded? What do you mean with over-inspired? I don't think you can be over-inspired, I think. Get stuck in fight or flight mode almost because it's just everything's so exciting. Yeah, well, start doing your cleaning and your cooking and your washing. That brings you back to uh, to life, to reality. 
No, that's good. That might be a really good one for me. You know, <laughs> do, do normal things because we are so bombarded with things that we see. I don't know, Hollywood movies, how people live in Beverly Hills. And, you know, to understand that life is fun and life is beautiful. And yes, we will regret all, only the things that we haven't done. But it's not a fairy tale, you know, once in a while it's shit. And, you know, we have to deal with that, just to deal with all aspects of life. I'm not sure if I have answered your question. No, you have. Somebody is, have I? Yeah, yeah, that's a different way of looking at it. You know, I think what I take from that is see the beauty in doing the washing and cleaning. In common life, you know, because we're all common people. Of course, unless we are a, a multimillionaire in Beverly Hills. But generally, we all cook with water. Yes, I like that phrase. Okay, so the last couple of questions are, what is most right in the world? Good people, people who inspire each other, people who support each other and include each other. I mentioned that before. Like, for example, when you go somewhere and you see that somebody is alone at the conference or somewhere, include them. The good people, that's right in the world. There's a lot of things wrong in the world, but I don't think we need to go and talk about that or find it all. But just see what's right in the world. Or if you, do, if you see that it's not right, make it right. Be the first one who does it the way you think it should be. Great. That's really great. And what is either your current book or your next book on your reading list? Ah, my son is studying psychology and he left the book. Well, let me see here. It's called Thinking Fast and Slow okay. by Daniel Kahneman. Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the next one that I'm going to start reading. Sounds interesting. And if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do that? I am on social media with my name, Elizabeth Villiger Dufexis, or I have a website which is called uh, thesoulkit.com. Um, They can find me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify under Most Memorable Journeys. And my book can be found either on my website or on Amazon. And um, they can call you and you can give them my... Yes. Yes. (laughs) No, but my name... I'm going to put the links in the podcast notes. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Well, that's been really amazing, Elizabeth. Thank you ever so much for all that insight. I'm going to take some time to unpack it and write the highlights down and record those up as a summary at the end of the show. So, yeah, thank you for all that. It's been a huge pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. See you soon. Yes. Wow, Elizabeth is such a wise soul and inspiring how she lived her travel life to the full. I've been making notes and here are my top 10 hits of inspiration and wisdom from Elizabeth. Number one, I was virtually in tears listening to Elizabeth talk about her granddad, Albert, who at the age of 75 took her in as a baby to care for when she was going to be given up for adoption. Wow. Number two, having and developing an inner feistiness can be a great fuel to work to change a situation that you may not like that you are in. Three, say yes in life and figure it out afterwards. Four, things appear when you know what you want. How does the universe know what to serve you if you don't know what you want? 
Five, being out of your usual environment and location with people who, who don't know about the rest of your life can become an opportunity to unload some burdens and gain new perspectives. Six, how would you enjoy the highs if you didn't have any lows? Be kind to yourself. Everybody experiences low days. Seven, don't compare yourself to what other people are posting on social media. Many people tend to just post the good stuff and not when they have issues. Eight, practice gratitude to release the positive chemical serotonin in your brain. But there's a difference between just saying you're grateful and really mindfully doing it and maybe even writing it down. Nine, 95% of everything we do is driven by the subconscious mind automatically. So it's important what beliefs we have been storing there. There may be stuff there from when we were children that needs to go. You may need to go back to look at the root cause of a subconscious problem. 10. Be mindful of what you think. What we think becomes our reality. What you think about is what you bring about. Number 11. Asking for help is a sign of strength. 12. Self-improvement resources are now freely available online all over the place, but you have to do the work. No one can do it for you. 13. While travel is great, there is a balance required to protect the environment. 14. There are ways to experience some of the benefits of long-distance travel without actually having to go to the other side of the world. Consider being nice to political refugees. Speak to people running the restaurant of a foreign culture you may be visiting. I'm guessing there's loads of other great examples of this. 15. If you're feeling low, consider going to the seaside and visualizing asking the waves to take away your problems and for them to bring back a solution. 16. If you're frazzled and overwhelmed, just start doing normal things, cooking, cleaning, washing. That can you bring you back to reality. Just see the beauty in common life. We all cook with water. 17. Include people that you see alone. For example, at a conference. 18. If there's something you don't think is right, why not be the first to make it right? 19. You can learn to love airports and actually anything around travel, if you look at it like Elizabeth does. 20. Use your time on planes, etc. while traveling to write a book. I really love that last one. So, thank you for sharing this journey with me today. Watch out for news on our new group. Thank you everyone for listening today. Your kind attention is really appreciated and valued. If you feel some inspiration from today's episode, please share it. As I aim to build a bank of both inspiration and stories of events that inspired close connection between groups of people. If you have something to share in this space, please either share them in the comments or send me an email at inspiringteamhuman at gmail.com. Watch out for the next two episodes, where we'll be speaking to Simon Zucci, experienced investor, successful entrepreneur, and best-selling author, also recognized as one of the top wealth creation strategists in the UK. He also founded the Property Investors Network, which has become the largest property network organization in the UK. And he has launched the Crowd Property crowdfunding platform. And Ken Beller, co-founder and president of Near Bridging, a consulting firm that specializes in helping people get along better. Also, co-author of Great Peacemakers, the book that inspired this Fearless Inspiration podcast. It's an amazing book that's won more than 30 awards and been endorsed by three presidents and three Nobel Prize winners. 
Ken also runs multicultural and cross-cultural initiatives for some of the world's leading companies. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.